Hello. Hi. Sarah. It's Norma. <laughs> and um, we're the Letters from the Mezzanine podcast. Um, yes. Today we were talking about Airline Highway at MTC and the visit with Chita Rivera. Yes. Um, which one should we start with first? I don't know. I can, I can honestly start with either one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's start with um, Airline Highway. How about okay, let's yeah. do that. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> we plan ahead. We, we, we <coughs> guys, weeks of preparation goes into planning a single episode <laughs> of the podcast. Yes. So Airline Highway from Steppenwolf. It's about a group of people living in New Orleans on Airline Highway. It's a real place. That <laughs> they're living, they're all Denzians or former Denzians of the Hummingbird Motel. Yes. Denizens? Denizens? Sorry, guys. I thought you were trying them. to say, like, I thought that was a fancy word for, like, hookers or something. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, not this time. They're not, they're not the courtesans of Gigi's day. Do you have an accurate word to describe what they are? Because I left that Strippers. Strippers, strippers, prostitutes, sex workers, etc. They're all members of, I think, the New Orleans nightlife scene um, uh-huh. because they are all, in some ways, related to Miss Ruby, Miss Ruby's strip club. So uh, one yeah. character was a promoter, one character was a stripper, one character mm. couldn't even get into Miss Ruby's, so she was a prostitute. But they're all related. In this community of through Miss Ruby, yeah, through oh. Miss Ruby. Ruby. Um, That's a really nice way of putting it. So they, and they are all occupants or past occupants of the motel, of the Hummingbird Motel, and they are celebrating because Miss Ruby is on her Dying. deathbed, and they want to give her a funeral before she dies to celebrate her life, and um, and so yeah, so they've created this whole big party. New Orleans style, and one of their, uh, one of an old member of their crew who has now moved on to Bait Boy Atlanta. I his, love that name. His nickname was Bait Boy. Bait Boy. He is now Greg. He's now um, Greg. He looks and like Greg. He's coming back with his stepdaughter-ish. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stepdaughter-ish. Uh, I forget what was her uh, name. But so basically, it's like. It's a really, I don't know, I, I loved it. I, it's not grading, getting, it's not getting as great reviews as I expected it would. Haters. <laughs> um, it's, it's a little, like, distracted. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like to read it on the page because there's so many things going on at the same time and lines you know, little conversation, like, you're basically kind of a fly on the wall listening to all different kinds of conversations. There's, like, a, a board outside the theater that says it's, like, kaleidoscopic play, which I, and now I can't, like, think of any other word to describe it besides That's kaleidoscopic. fantastic. Yeah, like, really kind of, like, fractally, <laughs> um, lots of different little parts coming together. It has that overlapping dialogue thing, which is still, I didn't, I don't think it was 100% successful at conveying, but I think overlapping dialogue isn't supposed to be in, to begin with, because uh, you can't you can't hear all the parks parts parts parks. Uh, <laughs> ugh, speaking's hard, but you don't get you when there's different people having different conversations at the same time. You're uh-huh. Getting a lot of 
noise, a lot of dissonance, but... And but it worked. Okay. Yeah. No, it was fine. It was fine. You weren't. I don't think you were supposed to. But sometimes, you know, when you got to play and you have two people talking and then one leaves, another one comes in and blah, 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 and the conversation's all, like, two people at a mm-hmm. time, almost hearkening back to, like, freaking Greek drama where it can only be two people on stage. Uh, but, like, here it's like, no, there's a lot of fucking people in this motel and they're all going to talk to each other. Yeah, and as one conversation is going on, like, you know, stage left, then you have... A, another little encounter going on, on on the side and something else going on on the balcony and so it's great um, and and it does it really well so that you're not confused I mean there were like some points where I was like wait a minute who is that and what are, <laughs> like what are they talking about but as a whole I think I re- I got to follow like my my attention was drawn to the right places at the right time at the right time and, so we should and that's probably like a really think thing to joe think. mantello for that yes um like fucking best director ever is that is it is he i don't know, I don't know. well all right so let me give you some credits okay <laughs> uh casa valentina which you saw on light um the last ship yeah um dog fight which i really 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 wanted to see uh, if i had a time machine okay okay other desert cities Whoa. the pride he directed The Pride. Oh, yeah. We love The Pride. That was like, yeah. Ah, <sighs> uh, so good. You were there? And when they saw that? Yes, you, you invited were. me. <laughs> How rude. I can't remember. Anything. And he also directed uh, Wicked, you know, little known play. Oh, oh, yeah. It was only on Broadway I for like that one. two performances, and mm-hmm. that was it. I think, uh, I think even the people in Wyoming know that play. <laughs> Surprising. It's a little. It's not that well known, guys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I think I think his direction really helped bring it all together uh, to bring all these disparate parts into something pretty cohesive. Yeah. Uh, and, and you so you really got a good sense of who all these people were, their backstories. It's so realistic too. Like every like. Oh, it's gross. Like, dude, at one point, <laughs> one of the characters spits. Like, she brushes her teeth, and she spits on the stage. And it's funny how I've seen sex on stage. I've seen murder on stage. But to see someone actually spit with their actual saliva on a stage ground, all I'm saying is that the audience went, oh! Like, we're just... And then I couldn't help but kept tracking that (laughs) spot on the ground to see if people would, like, sit on it or something. Yes. I was... I was... Did they... Did they... Did it... Where did it go? Did it go anywhere or just... It looks like the ground was kind of absorbent. I don't know. It was, like, the strange... (laughs) It didn't look like a regular theater floor. It looked kind of like... Like, the stuff that, like, playgrounds were made out of. Um, But, yeah, it's, like... It's it's crazy how well you get to know the characters and their relationships to each other because there's so many of them. And the running time is literally like two hours. Yeah, it's, it's a, a quick show. It's a brisk two hours, including intermission. Timing was perfect, I'd say. Like it I think we were even you know, we've seen a lot of things this year and mm-hmm. and we're always like, Oh, two and a half hours. But here it was like two hours, act one, one hour, act two, like forty five minutes. minutes. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You didn't, and you didn't miss a minute. And I was actually surprised when the first act ended. Usually I get first act fatigue where like, I know, I know that I need all this information. I know that I need to know that like Portia is worried about her husband. And And we got to get to climax. Blah, 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 blah. And monologue, monologue scene. But like this, I was really like, oh, "Oh, we can take Mm -hmm. a break. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I think that one of the main themes in the show is um, like the whole like an anthropological like study of these people. Yeah. So you have that literally is right. going on. So you you have uh, Bait Boy slash Greg who has come home. He I don't think it's really explicitly meant maybe it has but there's so much else to pay attention to um, <laughs> but it, you know he's been away from the motel for some time he used to be kind of like a bouncer at the club or something yeah or like a promoter um, bouncer and ex type ex-boyfriend of one of the other characters um who name whose name is Krista Krista and um, and so he's come back for Miss Ruby's funeral, and he brings along his stepdaughter, and his stepdaughter is, like, one of those honors high school students, like, and super And she's obviously from nerd. the good neighborhood of Atlanta. Yeah. And she's... Not from the ATL. For her class. If... I'm sorry. This may <laughs> not be being picked up on the podcast, but if it is... <laughs> There's um, some vocal exercises going on in the studio next door. Yeah. And they sound like sheep. <laughs> I'm sure it's clearing out their... their yeah. Their voices. Just warming up. Warming uh, up. They're getting warm. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so she's performing basically like an anthropological study on tribes and like subcultures. Subcultures. In New Orleans. And she's... More specifically this subculture. She yeah. She wants to do a subculture. Yeah. And, and so instead she, of doing, like, the goth punks at her school, she decided to do... <laughs> yeah. She... And... The question comes up whether, you know, she's objectifying these people. Like, is there, like, a subculture thing going on? Are you Can you just reduce these people to, like, a set of practices and behaviors, um, like, scientifically? Or is there more going on? And I think that, that was, like, a really great part of the play and really important to the way that we, the audience, see it. Because I think it's, like, warning us, like you know, not to do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of teaching us how to see, how to watch this show, mm-hmm. right? Because there is the risk of, like, you know, wealthy white woman or, like, you know, or even us. Even just our basic middle class selves. Yeah. Um, coming into the theater and being like, oh, Damn. you know, those, those people are so X, Y, and Z. Or and like, I know for a fact that, like, I can't, like, as soon as um, Crystal walks out and her, her costume to start with sweats and some sweatpants and Uggs, and nothing wrong with the Uggs, because I, I wear the Uggs, guys, I'm sorry, I do. I, but she was wearing, but, like, her one of her sweatpants was on the floor, and you could see that it was, that it was really long and was, like, dragged out and, like, dirty and, like, tattered from, like, walking like that all the time, and I was like, oh, shit, we're going there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna go and look at, you know, certain people that dress a certain way, Maybe not shower a certain way. <laughs> just everyone, everyone there looked really dirty. Yeah, and, um, and I mean it makes sense because they aren't New Orleans the best well-off people either. Um, but they're, uh, but yeah, but like the show is kind of resisting us from objectifying from, these yeah. people very quickly. You right. know, it, it wants to disillusion you despite all the cigarette smoke that's flooding the stage and um, and all of the you know, all the country-esque. I, I don't know, because I'm not really familiar with the South, and I'm not really familiar with New Orleans or any subsections of New Orleans, so I'm just going to say this particular culture, um, but you, you can't, because these are all people with their own specific circumstances. Right, and, and like, life and reality is so much more messy than just, like, 
the way you summarize of people's behavior. Yeah, and and the way they talk and where they come from and what they do for a living. And there's something even so great as one of the characters at Lazare, Tanya, played by Julie White, and she's um, this, she's a prostitute who's prostituting. And (laughs) one of her conflicts in the show is that one of her, she's given away three daughters, and one of them wants to contact her and you know, get in touch with her birth mother. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know how to feel about that. And then throughout the play, she she's she's always acting as a mother to someone. She's taking care of Miss Ruby, who's dying. She's helping out everyone in the community. She, and, and then she takes a liking to Zoe and talking to her mm-hmm. and, um, and, and having this conflict about about being interviewed and what she does for a living. And that's, of course, it's the last thing that she wants to tell to this, to this girl, this teenage girl. Precocious. Which, yeah, yeah, what she does. <laughs> yeah, so this is a little girl. She doesn't want to tell her that. But I think it's also because she, that's, that, that's just one side of her. And, and the other side of her is this caring woman, this loving woman who just hasn't had that opportunity, hasn't been able to make her own family. Yeah. I mean, in a way, all these people are, like, fuck-ups. Like, they're... Oh, <laughs> they, they And they're always, like, even within the span of the show, they, like, repeat the same mistakes over and over, over and over and over and over and again. And, like, stop. But, um, but, you know, what Miss Ruby would say would be that, like, that's part of the beautiful, like, like the tragic, crazy, chaotic, beautiful part of life. She calls, she calls stability a mirage, which I think was really smart. Um, and she, she... So Miss Ruby, by the way, she's dying. She's most of the time is she's off stage, um, it, you know, presumably in bed, sick. And at the end, at the, during her big party, her funeral party, they bring her out and she has a scene and she has a monologue where she comes to and addresses audience directly. And she talks about how these people fuck up so bad all the time and how because they are they have been become quote unquote drugs of the society or whatever that they've that that they see life for what it is and mm-hmm. they don't because they may have hit rock bottom in different ways that they, that should be freeing mm-hmm. because they could just see life for what it is and just make something of that and instead they just constantly compare themselves to what could have been like the um, hotel manager you know he talks about like his family past and like his great grandfather was a milliner and then his and all this and they oh, had a yeah. business and then and the grandfather like, I could have been a good I could have been a good milliner. Yeah. Something. And it's like why don't you just be a fucking good hotel manager? Like that's okay. <laughs> like that's a steady job. Yeah. Like goddamn. Like no, he's just like caught up in that shit. And you know, Sissy Nana who oh my god, little Sissy Nana, um, played by K Jod Freeman, she goes on and on he goes on and on about like, oh like, you know, like his broken home situation and being mm. beat up because he's gay and and all this stuff. So they you know they all they're all just living in their shit and instead of instead of moving past living in their shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that's 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 pretty that's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. And true to life. True to life. True to life unfortunately because uh, they are such a fantastic interesting yeah. characters. But the like the moral of the story I guess and like the story itself like match up so well so like the fact that 
you know, life is messy and dirty um, and, like, uncohesive and and all disjointed and all that stuff. And the play itself is like that. Like, it's it's dirty, messy, uncohesive, disjointed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's all these little parts going around. and But somehow it makes up this whole big, beautiful whole. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. You get a great sense of this... Again, you get a great sense of these people together, uh, their their dysfunctional family, and they create something beautiful. The, the whole first the whole first scene where they're um, they're all getting you're getting to know all these people, all these characters, and you already get a sense off the bat that you know people have problems. But they create a beautiful party together uh-huh. out of like you know ninety nine cent store crepes <laughs> and uh-huh. and stuff, and you know working together throughout the dialogue. You know, before you know it, you have the whole thing look more like a party than the It Should Have Been You wedding. It has this beautiful, <laughs> you know, it looks beautiful. They have tons of New Orleans tassels and things, and the whole hotel is decorated. Motels mm. decorate exterior. And then the second act, and everybody comes in all dressed to the nines. Well, their version of dressed to the nines, it's... It's lively and it's and it's and it's beautiful and they they created that they created their potluck yeah. of 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 food and stuff yeah uh, and they 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 have capacity to 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 do wonderful things yeah so there's like that high and then there's the lows that come oh after the, lows. the lows the lows where it was like a Jerry Springer show it was but it was so good because yeah a good you, Jerry Springer show it was show. a good Jerry Springer show because yeah so we have we have Krista uh, the current stripper and she used to be uh, boyfriend girlfriend with Bait Boy and so you know that gets messy because Bait Boy is now with this like rich older lady and well and now he has like a real job he has his shit together quote unquote and she's actually currently homeless um, she got kicked out of the motel because she can't afford yeah. to pay rent so she and then there's like drugs and everything heavy drug yeah. use and I have to give a shout out oh. to um, Caroline Neff the actress who plays Krista that she wears this club dress. In the second act, that <laughs> that the club dress in the front rides up so that her underwear is exposed. The entire scene, the entire act, and I was just and it's not like nudity. It's not that, but it's such like a wardrobe malfunction that like in real life like you would die with. And the fact that she is living presently and does not pull it down is just like the m- most amazing thing in the world. Because when you are like high and drunk off your ass. You probably don't care that your dress is rocked up. Yep. Past your belly button. It, it wasn't that high, but I it was. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was. I barely know now. So it was. I that those details were great. Yeah. Those just those 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 details are so good. Yeah. Well, I think we can go on and on about like all the great performances. Julie White is probably gonna get a Tony. Uh, like, Tony Nam. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about her. Have they been talking about Kate Todd Freeman? Because ah, mm-hmm. uh, that's not fair. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm okay. not gonna say nothing. I'm gonna no. say that no. he's a shit. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he was on an episode of Angel. Word. Yeah. I saw a couple he episodes played, of Angel. Yeah, he played like a. Vampire? Recurring character, I think, yeah. I think a demon, maybe, in, like, a nightclub. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. So that was Airline Highway. And we, I look forward to seeing more plays from Steppenwolf. That was pretty much a 99% Steppenwolf cast. 
Yeah. Uh, so, damn Chicago, work. Bam. Um, the visit. Okay. So, in theory, I should love this play. I am a big believer in Brecht. I read a whole, like, compendium of Kafka and managed to, like, still be optimistic about life. Um, I... And, and love it. Like, I, I at the time, I thought it was, like, the best thing I had ever read. Um, it was... Okay, I like these kind of allegorical, like, crazy, weird, experimental plays with a lot of energy. I like Candor and Ebb, who wrote Chicago and, um, and Cabaret, which are both, like, masterpieces. Um, I have never seen Chita Rivera before, but Norma has in Edwin Drood. And, and even if I hadn't seen Chita Rivera, she is the Puerto Rican goddess of theater. Without her, we wouldn't have anyone else. We just, exactly. we wouldn't have Lin-Manuel Miranda, guys, if it oh, weren't for Chita Rivera. You know what I wanted to mention about Airline Highway? It was written by a woman. The end. Oh, <laughs> and plays by women, guys. Plays yeah, by women. Yes, but back to the visit. But let's go back. Let's go back to the visit. Um, it has Roger Reese, who is kind of a badass and also like well versed in this kind of theater, like the the weird, like experimental, very high energy, very um, allegorical stuff. Uh, he did, co-directed Peter and the Starcatcher. He kind of like started this style of theater in, like, the UK when they did Nicholas Nickleby. They did, like, an eight-and-a-half-hour show of Nicholas Nickleby, and it was supposed to... I've heard, like, that it's phenomenal. Wow. Um, In the 80s. And, yeah, so, like... Okay. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know. There, There's an Maybe opening... Maybe I'm not smart enough for there's it. There's an opening scene where they have... They eat pussy. Oh! <laughs> they... I am a kid, obviously, because I was, yeah, so basically what I was going to say was perform cunnilingus. Yeah. But there's pussy. We can't, we can't show this episode to our mothers. <laughs> so there's this, there's a scene where, um, it's like, I guess, some kind of flashback or whatever, because you have the ghosts or the young versions of Cheetah Vera and Roger Reese that are modern dancer throw up on stage. I'm no offense to the performers, <laughs> but it was just like... I just, I, what's the point of having, like, two characters that are just there to, like, modern dance? Be our younger selves. Yeah, yeah like just, just to be our younger selves and modern dance through it when it's, like, Follies did it better. But uh, yes. I digress. Yes. Um, but, yeah, they, they, but you don't know that at first. At first, I had, uh, I was really excited. I said to myself that this was going to be the best show ever because in the scene of their passionate modern dance lovemaking, he just goes ahead and performs kind of lingus on her. And I'm like, All we right. need more of that on our theater. <laughs> yes. On our spread Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. And maybe it's because, like, you know, it's such a gay community on Broadway that they don't know these They things. don't think about it. But I, like, like, I mean, I wouldn't think about it. Yeah, we, like, take it on good authority. <laughs> that we, we, we I was more encouraging things like that. Uh, <laughs> it's just very, it's very heartlifting. 
Yeah. Very uplifting. Oh, uh, yeah, I see a tear coming down your cheek. I am crying. <laughs> um, so the story is that you have this really broken downtown in the middle of Eastern Europe. Cheetah Rivera plays a, like, the world's wealthiest woman. She's coming back to her hometown uh, for some unknown reason, but you can tell it's going to be bad. And, um, and she basically tells the town, like, look, I will give you, uh, like, 10 billion marks to, re- to renovate your town and bring it back to life um, if you murder my ex-lover, who is Roger Reese, and you soon find out that he messed did with her, her dirty. He did her dirty. He um, got her pregnant and then recruited his friends to testify against her, saying that she was a, a slut and a whore and that, she, um, that the baby might not be his, so he doesn't have to support her or the baby. And she leaves, and now this is her, her revenge. Um, yeah, Her like great story, right? Like this is get rich and kill him. This is like it's like one of the, it sounds like it would be a really really great episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, or like, um, or or that I would learn something from it about <laughs> justice and about like love and you know age and I mean there's like all sorts of like. Really fertile soil here for planting um, and growing. I <laughs> it's spring, guys. We're thinking about, <laughs> but um, but it's like not. It doesn't happen, and it's such like I felt like it was so lifeless. I mean, you've uh, so it, it's in the style of like Brecht and and Kafka. Yeah, and Kafka. And I was just like, thinking of the trial the whole time I saw. It. I mean, especially during the actual trial, which is like. <laughs> There's yeah. basically, like, a dude just gets fucked by life. Yeah, like, very allegorical, very anti-realism, very, like, absurdist. Um, it's almost like a little parable. And, you know, you're, like, okay, like, I'm not going to expect, like, a big flashy dance number or something. But there was a it's lot Kinder of... It's Kinder and Ebb, though. Okay, It's yes. Kinder and Ebb. Yeah, and, and, and they've done experimental things before. And they did Scottsboro Boys. Yeah, made it work. And from what I understand, that was, like, a tour de force. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Okay, I just think honestly that again we're going back to all these all these wonderful plays I've seen this season. There's just there I don't think there was enough substance in terms yeah. of that. I think it was too much allegory, too much archetype. Archetype. Right. Has a but okay, of so that. here's the thing, right? Like I've I've read plays in this style before, and they are very simple, very kind of like surface and and plain. Right, you're not going to get these like big flowery speeches. Although there are some like really good lines, I think in in this play, like one liners that most likely Cheetah has that <laughs> um, that are are quick, you know, very observant about like humanity and life. But you're but there's not many of them, and you're not going to get some kind of like big beautiful book, right? You're um, but. Usually with these productions, right, the staging and the direction is, like, on point in that, you know, it supports the plainness and simpleness of the text with, like, other things going on around it, like, either staging or, like, miming or... um, Right. Or, like, something. But here they don't do anything. They're just kind of, like... 
It's very static. Standing, yeah, they're just kind of standing and singing. And okay, like there's some numbers where that works, where you you know you want to be like really you disturbing want, and confrontational, wanna... but not the not the whole play. And you like Cheetah a... doesn't do it. Like Cheetah's not doing anything. She's just kind of hobbling around. And it's yes, it's on it's in character, but she's not like giving us like a big performance. And and I I don't know. I feel like. I'm crazy for saying that because everybody else is saying how like amazing she is. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. As someone said at the end of the show, I was, yeah, guys, if you ever do see me after a show, I guess run away because I'm going to be trying to overhear what you think about the show. <laughs> I want to know what everyone thinks about every single show out there. I kind of just want to talk about people about theater all day long. If I could. Um, but I heard someone say, I could listen to Cheetah read the phone book and I'd be entertained. And I fucking agree. It is... Like, we have an American treasure um, that is still with us, thank God, and hopefully will stay with us for a very long time, and hopefully, like, gets to perform her entire repertoire over the next, like, 50 years. That's why I've decided uh-huh. for her. Um, so, of course, seeing her on stage, she, she has insane presence, and she's still working it, and she still did some fucking, like, chest um, hip isolations on stage, and you just like you just knew that Fosse was like, Yes, work, bitch, from the grave, like, Yes, <laughs> cheetah, like, you know, like, it's just it's great seeing her on stage. However, with that said, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks when the material doesn't. I personally don't think the material supported her, mm-hmm. I think it. I don't think it supported anyone, really. Um, yeah. I mean, even, like, Roger Reese, I've seen him act in plays before, and he's been, like, really He just great. played, like, this deadbeat um, kind of... It was, like, really wonderful. And I'm sure that was, like, the That's director's choice. And and it was it was a directorial... I don't even know if it would be the script. I don't even think I would say it's a script. It was just, like, a stylistic choice. Like, okay, everyone be kind of, like, deadpan and don't really show your emotions. Like... Like, are, are we, the audience, supposed to, like, is the whole mystery of it, like, oh, what are they feeling? Like, no, I don't know. I don't think that's what well, we that's, should. Well, that's like, weird. Theater isn't supposed <laughs> to be about the absence of feeling. That's that's the thing that's weird about it. it. It it seems like it has to have that, like, Brechtian outcome to, like, confront the audience. Uh-huh. But even in confronting the audience, there still would be some kind of emotion, and no one feels anything yeah. in this play. Like, Roger Reese, at the very end, when it's, like, I was trying to track it, like, how he feels about it, because it's like, okay, you're con- we're going to condemn you to die because we need you to die. And he's, like, sad about it for a little while. He's in his room, like, a fucking 15-year-old sad about it. And then, like, his friend, the doctor, has this pretty badass, like, no, not the doctor, like, the scholarly dude. Yeah, yeah. Has this badass yeah. number. He's saying for his life in that yeah. number, like, saying, I'm sorry, but we got to kill you. And then he's just accepts it. And then, like, goes and hangs out with Cheetah, like, we are old BFFs, that's what friends are for, and then is willing to die. And it was like, what the hell? Yeah, there's, kind of, like, hardly any emotionality in it. Like, um, like what, what kind of... And that's not, you know... That what kind of reaction? What kind of person would react to, even if he, like, realizes at the end that it, he fucked up, and he did her dirty, and now he is getting justice? There's never that moment, there's never, like, that Scrooge moment, when Scrooge is, like... Oh no! I have been a dick. I want to change, or uh-huh. or I'm willing to whatever. He does. They, he doesn't. He just goes if immediately from like, all right, cool. I'm right. calmly accepting this. And you know, and I and seen, you don't even know why. Like I've seen like Brecht. Uh, like to come back to Brecht, like good person in Szechuan. I've seen um, Caucasian chalk circle. Like those have been like really emotional. Like there, you know, a lot of 
grieving and um, and confusion. I like the intellectual stuff. I like you know thinking. And I like finding the themes and all that crazy stuff. And you know, and I also like do have a working knowledge of like Marxism and stuff and like the theories of Brecht and Marx and how they kind of intersect and stuff. And there's plenty. There's probably like you could probably tear this play up with Marxist thought um, mm -hmm. because it is about like money what people will do for money and can you put a price on justice and can you know like um the the gold the yellow shoes and all that is, is yeah very symbolic and of i get and i get capitalism the, and i stuff. get the golden shoes the yellow shoes being symbolic of like that the, the tide is turning in the town and they're now they're they have that fiscal incentive and also just in general following Cheetah Rivera's character because that's all like everyone that she turns she herself doesn't wear yellow shoes mm -hmm. it's it's just everyone that she turns so the yeah. eunuchs show up wearing yellow shoes and then slowly but surely Roger Reese's family member have like yellow yeah. accoutrement and all that stuff accoutrement accoutrement is it I, I study so I know stuff but <laughs> it, just, it just it just yeah. It didn't add up to anything to me except for style. Yeah. I didn't see any substance behind the style. I really didn't. Um, if 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 if, a, if someone would like to if someone would like to tweet at us <laughs> at our Twitter yes. and or Facebook and continue <laughs> the discussion further off of where they what they may have may have seen in the piece, please feel free to do so. We'd love to explore further yeah what I, we're missing i think i would totally give this show another shot if it were in a smaller theater and maybe under different direction i think a more active um, staging yes a more active dynamic staging yeah and I to mean, really there's let plenty of, there's plenty of like quirky shit to do and, I, and maybe just let kinder and ebb's music live more i mean even the music i don't feel like was as good as it should have been like you okay the melody you, okay you. i like I, that song um yeah it's been stuck in my head forever yeah <laughs> but it's, um but like but other than that like you 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 everywhere, but that unique you, you, music you. gotta go okay no no well i think Sorry. the unique music actually like does something in the play because it, it makes you disturbed and, it makes and me crazy. Angry. But Which like the you 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 song is just like okay, so they're in love, and that's all I'm getting. That's all I'm getting from this this song. Well, like I said before, it's just in general. I really don't know what this story is trying to say. I still don't get it. If someone can point me to a Kafka biography, or 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 a or a tweet that was once posted by Brett mm. in the 40s. I mean, I, I, I think it, I know what it's trying to say in that, like, it's it's sort of like an anti-musical in some ways. And like Cabaret and like Chicago. I mean, oh, that you're trying to they're provoke. Both, they're both uh, very different from what's come before, right? It's like uh, both of them are like these, uh, like low status people, very low status, probably like not very sympathetic people who you're you're watching on stage and and there's not it, it you know there's no like big musical numbers in the traditional sense of it. There's you're not really supposed to sympathize with them or get swept away in the story, right? That's like, you know, the this style of theater and I'm good with that. Like I I admire So am I. Um you can definitely see how these people's behaviors like led them to their decrepit place in the first place. Of like course. they're such they're such greedy little 
like annoying. yeah <laughs> like no hope for humanity um which is probably like part of the point but yeah um like I, I think if you're gonna have this like simple staging, then you need on that like, beautiful some ass set. Yeah, it was so beautiful. It had perspective for days. It's beautiful, and all they had on that upper platform was Cheetah Rivera walking to and fro, just to and fro. It yeah. was. I mean, if we're gonna talk about how like Cheetah Rivera is an American icon and such a gift to theater and it's such a gift to see her on stage, have her more than walk to and fro on a on the platform. Yeah. Slowly with those creepy eunuchs. Yeah. Like, I don't... Like, I, I wish there was something else. Like, again, like, I don't mind these things in and of themselves. Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, we need, like, big, flashy musical No, 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 no. But, like, I want... I want there just... Like, I, I don't know what that means that she's walking to and fro. Like, what what is her purpose there on, on that platform? And what's like, the what, purpose of like, why is moving the, the coffin the back and forth? Why are these poor, <laughs> the poor, sexy dancers being forced to sit on either end of the coffin and move it to and fro? To and fro? <laughs> yeah. I, I read somewhere that there was supposed to be, like, a panther in it, too. Oh, well, I would love a panther. <laughs> That'd be badass. Um, Cheetah Rivera and the panther star in. <laughs> yes. It would give the, the little little Pomeranian from It Should Have Been You a run for its yeah. money. <laughs> oh, um, but... And that actually been you. Living on love. Living on love. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe there maybe should have been you should have had a Pomeranian. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every every show should have a Pomeranian. But yeah, it's I like yeah, so if there's this simple staging, then I think the lyrics need to do the heavy lifting. Elevate it. And like show us more of what it means. And vice versa. If the lyrics are these like simple things and the music then and the staging need the, to go forward. Yeah. So I just didn't feel like there was a good balance. And also, you know, like, uh, I apologize for saying this, but, like, Ben Brantley actually had a really good review. <laughs> I know I know, you're not used to hearing those words come out of my mouth. But um, he, he said something like... Like, good review, like he reviewed it well? Like, he made a good point. Oh, give me his in, point. In that he... Um, and he said that like the the sentimentalness, sentimentality of the show is kind of at odds with like the darkness of it, and they don't really you never really find that balance. Like there's Agreed. these like really really cutesy numbers about like you know meeting in the woods and what it was like when we were young, and then there's these really really dark numbers where it's like you know my slaves are mine forever. Um, yeah, and and there's and again there's no cohesion. Yeah. And not even cohesion, but there's not even an idea that you're getting dissonance. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Sondheim's, like, greatest works, you'll mm-hmm. get, like, in Joanna, you'll get that lushness, mm-hmm. but you'll get the dissonance that there's not all right there. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's, mm, 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 guys. Guys. Yeah. Um, so anyway. We I, felt a little disappointed. I on the, on the bright side, though, I do admire the fact that, like, some a show like this is on Broadway. Like, I think it's... It challenges a, it, you. It, yeah, and I, I would... I wouldn't rule out other and, shows and from coming it, like this. If, if you had anything from the Candor and Ebb Apocrypha that you need that hasn't been, <laughs> I mean, I think we should get a chance to see it all. Yeah. Just bring it all. Just bring it on. Bring it on. And bring Cheetah whatever you... Cheetah? Oh, Cheetah. my gosh. And, and we love you. We love you so much. When you're young... 
and prove you wrong. Love and love alone. When the sun seems forever bright, what can dim its light? Love and love alone.